just because we're part of all kinds of trying to make life work these days doesn't mean other people don't have something to say and are busy making a difference. So the reason I'm speaking to Richie Berger is because 20 years ago, he already had to say what he's saying again today. <laughs> Therefore, hello, Retief. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Retief, let's catch up with you. Um, we're going to get to the music now and the gorgeous, gorgeous new song we're releasing. But first, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm basically sitting in a coffee shop um, uh, crafting sermons for our church and um, just spending some time with the Lord. And um, I always like having people around me or semi around me because um, I'm a people's person. And uh, I always know that sermons are for people to keep them in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but what's it um, with pastors and coffee shops? It's like they go together, like golf and good coffee. Mm. Golf and good coffee. I don't know how you, how you pastors, get those two. Pastors, golf, pastors. and good coffee. Uh, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I, I, I think it's got all to do with, with um, quality um, <laughs> and, and human engagement. And, and, and to be able to let go of your frustrations uh, on, the, on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hit stuff. But okay, you can, uh, a little ball will do. A little ball will do. Okay, and yep. then let's widen out. Life at the moment for Retief Berger. Um, raising three kids, being a parent and trying my best at that, and trying to be a good husband to my amazing, beautiful wife, Isabel, uh, pastoring a beautiful local flock of people, and um, singing and recording and doing some other stuff in between as well. So quite a busy season, uh, um, but just, of course, being around Easter weekend is always amazing uh, on the calendar. But it's not only your own music. I see the guys from Inverwondering are getting together as well. That is exciting, yes. So uh, it's 10 years later. It's as if we're doing the reunions this year. But 10 years ago, yes, myself and Louis Brits and Helmut Meyer and Neil Buchner came together for three days in Sutherland in the Karua. And we endeavored to, to write a whole album. And we actually did. Within three days, we wrote, wrote 12 songs and recorded it. And now it's 10 years later. And Louis Brits is currently staying in the United States, but he's flying in. And May the, the 19th, we're going to have a, um, a evening of all of us together here in Pretoria. And uh, just going to um, commemorate these songs and worship and just minister to people. That was an incredible album. My husband, the, the moment he heard that, he said, yes, he loved those songs. Are you going to do a new one or is it going to be the ones that we know so far? Um, it's the ones that we know so far from that album, but we are trying to to write a new song across the oceans but that's the beauty of technology for you it's possible <laughs> it's true it's true so because we're looking back at 20 years let's do that your whole ministry if you had to look back at 20 years right there in the beginning remember 2005 that first album of yours and we sat and we ate slop chips and we we're saying okay Let's get out there. Look back at ministry in 20 years. Was it rewarding? What changed? All those kinds of things. That is a loaded question, Janine. Because um, I do think so much has happened. Personally, I think I've grown as an individual in certain areas. Um, hopefully, I've, I think there's a bit more character that's been formed through the years. Um, ups and downs and went through a bunch of valleys and had massive breakthroughs in my life uh, got married three children and um, being in ministry still after 20 years um, 
is, is an absolute blessing to understand that God has graced me and has placed me amongst people who can keep me accountable, who can keep me on the course, that ask me the tough questions. And if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been in ministry. And um, I think we live in a day and age where there are so many people that we know who's disqualified from ministry for various reasons. And and um, I, when I say this, I'm not pointing any fingers or judging. I'm saying it with the fear of the Lord on me, um, that this can happen to anybody any day. And that's why I always ask my congregants to pray for us as leaders, because it's it's weighty at the top. Um, and uh, we're humans. We, we sit with the same temptations as everybody else. And to stay the course and to be authentic and real through 20 years, I think that's been my biggest challenge. And I can praise God for, one, His Spirit, His Word, but definitely also for spiritual family and people close enough and for discipleship that's just uh, kept me on course. Um, but I'm looking back and yo, I'm a deeply thankful man. Um, God is just so faithful. I'm just thinking there right at the beginning, did you think this is what your ministry would look like? I mean, you're one of the guys who you focus much more on church and building in people's lives. But is that what you thought it would be like right there at the beginning when you started making music and a CD came out and you were performing a lot then versus what you do now? The direction of your ministry, was this what you thought it would be like or did it work out that way as God led you? You know what, um, it was, I, I, I just tried to be uh, faithful every step of the way and try and discern his voice every every step of the way because you can't anticipate these things. There's, there's no way that you can anticipate uh, what will come next. But um, I think the one thing was um, that I was surrounded, as I've said, with really godly men and people who came so close and called out the insecurities in my life and the and the blind spots and um, by the grace of God I could listen to them because sometimes we don't want to listen to people because the truth first offends us and then it will set us free but I think my passion for the church has always been there but it's just been developing through the years and being part of every nation global family um, um, a, a church movement with so much integrity and incredible leadership that has been God's grace on my life and saving grace that with the, I almost want to say the independent Retief, um, a little bit independent, trying to do my own thing 20 years ago. I'm fully submitted. I'm fully part of just a family and leadership and knowing I'm undercover as I also am over other people that God has appointed me to be a leader of. I think that all those principles just shaped me through the years. And that's why I love local church. I love discipleship. Um, Building into young young men, older men, discipling them to become disciple makers, and that's the joy of ministry. You know, twenty years ago, when I when I read Paul writing to these, the churches that he planted, and you can you could read the affection and the love, and sometimes the frustration with these people. I never understood it, but now I do because <laughs> I'm pastoring people. It's not just being on a stage every week in a different stage in a different town even though that's part of blessing and using that gift that God has given me to do that. On the other hand, um, it's building into people week in, week out, week in, week out, seeing them start to preach, seeing them start to reach out to their friends and their family members, and and then seeing church work. Um, your question, did I think it would end here? No, I didn't. But I'm so glad it does because it enriches all that I'm doing in the music world so much more. 
because there's a lot of depth behind it. There's church. There's yeah. It's I'm just so thankful. It's very important what you're saying, this thing about that your character is formed in the messiness of doing church, where when Mm -hmm. you just arrive at a church, do your ministry and go away from there, there is no, besides the accountability that is not there, you don't have to face the same problem that's not resolved in one week and one session, you know, when, when you, when you do the hit and run kind of ministry way of doing things, which, which is, some people are chosen for that kind of thing. But when you're talking character, it's, in the messiness of church that that iron sharpens iron. No, absolutely. And, and when we say the word church, uh, I don't just mean the institution or a building. I mean people. I mean spiritual family. And spiritual family, like natural family, <laughs> you can't run away. Yeah. Um, you have to go through it. Um, and uh, I've seen many people manifesting like Lux soap. You know those <laughs> Lux soap or Dove soap? You know, when, when, when the pressure is on, they slip away. <laughs> if, you, if you put your hand, it's like, then I go to another church and to another church. And there's no perfect church out there, but there's some place where we need to face our own insecurities, face our own independence, and then work, like you say, through the messiness of this. And I've learned to say sorry. I've learned to repent. I've, I've lost people through the years. I've, there's more people being added. I've hurt people. They've hurt me. But it's part of life. And um, if we can just be consistent, and maybe that's the word, trying to be consistent through all of this, all the ups and the downs, through every moment of fame, if you want to call it that, or publicity, then coming back to your local church, um, it, it's like Jesus. I just want to. I'm, I'm definitely not Jesus, but I'm, what I'm saying is Jesus' example. You can see it every time that he ministered to the crowd. It said two things: he withdrew to a quiet place, wanted to be with his father, because there was always perspective. And secondly, he hanged out with his close friends, his three or four uh, friends. And I think that's always important in the world of. I want to say celebrity ministries or celebrity pastors or because so, Instagram and Facebook and all these things have mm. created these monsters sometimes out there, sometimes intentionally and sometimes it just kind of happened because people always want somebody to worship. That's the human nature. We turn to creation and not the creator to worship. And then we're disappointed when these people fall. Um, so you know me very well for many years. I've tried to stay clear of social media, um, even exposing my family and my kids and all of that to, to that world because it just gets more and more messy. I'd rather just stick to our church and the people who know me in and out, who know my good and my bad, who knows my gift, but also my weaknesses. And that has been my saving grace. And I want to say anybody who is in ministry or want to go in ministry, Oh, surround yourself with people who love you enough to speak the truth to you. Yeah, that's not very easy. I, I like what you said so many times. Truth first offends us, then it sets us free. To stick mm-hmm. until it sets you free. Yeah, that takes some doing right there. But um, when we're weak, he is strong. That's what the word says. And this song yes. of yours, Circle Mon, came out of a, out of a weak place where God's revelation in your heart has touched so many people who are at weak places in their own lives, thin, broken places in their lives. So take me to that evening when this whole revelation happened in your life. Um, so I think there's a backstory. story. Um, so this was in 2002, it's 20 years ago. Um, 
I think I was going through a bit of a tough time, but, but I do think all young people go through tough times trying to find themselves an identity and broken relationships that's not working and um, and stuff like that. Um, but we were at a new song music festival in, um, I think it was Hartenbos uh, with a bunch of friends. And then we drove back uh, through the night, actually. Not too wise, but hey, we're students. And um, everybody was sleeping in the car except me and the lady that was sitting next to me. Um, and um, and as I was just driving, suddenly the crescent moon, the circle moon, was right in front of me in the Karua. It was just massive. And I felt God just speak to me his words of life. God just speak to me about the bride and the bridegroom, him singing over us. And he literally downloaded these words romancing words and I remember in that time I also read the book um, of Jeannie Edwards Divine Romance a classical book um, about God being this lover of Israel and lover of people and lover of his bride the church and it was just this revelation that's how he thinks about us and it's not just the corporate bride it's the individual it's the person in their brokenness, um, and people trying to look for love and affirmation everywhere apart from Jesus. And um, that's how that song was written. Um, it was a miracle how it happened. It was like literally a download from heaven. And um, through the years, I cannot tell you how many testimonies I've heard, people being saved, people at the point of suicide listening to the song and God just turning them around. Um, I remember there was one story of a lady who was um, working in um, a, a country in the Middle East somewhere and in the kindergarten, she was the teacher. She just played the song to the kids every morning and they would come and sit at the radio, not understanding a word, Wow! but literally the anointing and Jesus speaking to their spirits, they would start to cry. Um, so stuff like that through the years, um, how many countless weddings where the song was being ministered or sung because, of course, a wedding points to the wedding of the Lamb with us, his bride. And, so, and I know it's a message that we all need to hear perhaps again, and that's why I felt God say, re-record it, <laughs> take it out there again, and remind people who's heard it 20 years ago, but also a new message for a new generation um, to hear. But why a symphonic version? Well, <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been a sucker for good classical music and symphony um, music. And if you listen to the original of Circle Mon, it's just piano and a cello and my voice. And um, as I was driving through the Karua again 20 years later, by the turn of 21 to 22, I sensed God say it's time to re-record this. And immediately uh, I felt symphony. Um, and um, because it's such a heavenly sound, it's so majestic, it's so big. And um, then immediately I, I thought of Didi Westeisen, uh, Devaru Westeisen and her husband Fleur who are incredible uh, people in the Afrikaans music um, scene. She and him, he, they love Jesus. They, they, they are such honoring people. And I reached out to them, and, and the timing was perfect. And she wanted to ask me, actually, to be part of a production she's part of, and then I asked her. So God was all over this. 
And the way it came out is way beyond what I even anticipated or heard in my head or in my heart. It's really a heavenly sound. Um, it is really so anointed, the music, not just the words and the singing, but just everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the video. What's the concept? So the concept was I took hands with um, Handmade Media, um, good friends of mine. They were also the production company on The Scene that myself and Rihanna now also recorded. And um, we um, we had this concept. Uh, firstly, I don't want to be in the video too much because it's Jesus singing to his bride. Many years, or, or for many years, various places where I've ministered the song, I've actually many times just asked the people to kill all the lights. They forget about me on stage, that they can hear Jesus sing this over them, even though it's my voice. Um, but almost to take me out of the equation. And, and I felt like doing the same with this, this music video is you'll see just profiles, shots of myself, um, and I'm portraying Jesus singing over his bride. We didn't want to have a bride in a white dress because that's typical. Mm. I wanted to bring it closer to home. So the bride in the music video, normal people, young and old, black and white, um, different nations, races, that Jesus is walking through the dark wood uh, of the soul of, of the world and like the crescent moon shines on us, then wherever he walks and touches them, the light, the, the moon shines on them and they start to live as the gospel penetrates their hearts. And then eventually it's this beautiful picture of everybody just enjoying the song of the bridegroom over his bride. Um, yeah, it was, it was so cool. And actually I asked my mom to be in the music video as well. And, um, oh, cause she, she lives as the bride of Christ. Um, she's such an inspiration to me through all the years and, she doesn't like the camera, but man, <laughs> she did so well. I'm so proud of her. Yeah, you see the love of Jesus in those eyes of hers. Oh, you want to yeah. go hug her. If you ever meet her, you'll, you'll see. You want to go hug her immediately. She's one of those people. Um, so the video is released. Where do people see it? It is on YouTube. There's also two behind-the-scenes videos um, of the whole making of the music video and a bit of the production behind it. But it's it's out there, and then the song is on all the digital platforms to be streamed, to be downloaded, whatever people choose. But, um, yeah, it's all available. And socials to follow the ministry? Yeah, so my music ministry, I've got a Facebook page. You can go and uh, follow there, a bit on Instagram, and then also our church, Every Nation, that I'm leading. You can just look for Every Nation 20, and then I'm leading the Elaris Park Congregation in Pretoria. Um, but yeah, so it's the it's the whole tutti frutti. <laughs> <laughs> tutti frutti, nogal. <laughs> okay, let's listen to it. But you know what I'm going to ask you? I'm going to ask you to... Just stand still for a while. Just leave what you're doing right now, unless you're driving. Um, just sit and take this in. Jesus singing over you, just how much he loves you. It's the crescent moon. It's an Afrikaans circle, man, and it's just for you.